Hello, hello everyone and welcome to We Did It. Today's episode, we absolutely fill the cup. You're going to leave feeling inspired, I think, because we are interviewing Melissa Humana Paredes and she is a qualifier for this year's Olympics in beach volleyball and not only a qualifier, but her and her partner, Sarah Pavin, actually won the women's gold medal in 2019 for the beach volleyball world championships. So that means they were qualifying for the Olympics ranked number one in the world. This conversation leads into the hardship, the grieving that comes along with not being able to participate in the Olympics when it's literally a month away. And as well, living with a boyfriend who is also an Olympian, the hardships with that, the success with that and learning along the way. We also talked to Melissa about building a brand because she has been starting to be so creative online. She's been building her brand and how she's been curating her messaging. She's actually a communications grad from York University and she played volleyball there. We met across the court there many a time. And something that's really cool about Melissa as well is her parents were very athletic. Her mom, a ballet dancer, her father, a volleyball player. And her father was part of the national team and later coached Canadians John Child and Marquise. And if you are in the volleyball world, you know in 1996, they won the bronze medal in the Olympics. So this runs through their blood. Let's go into this conversation. I can't wait for you to meet more of this sand goddess Melissa Humana Paredes. Oh, hi. Hello. Oh, there you go. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, my God. Look at you, you little cutie. You got your little Canada shirt on. Oh, my God. Stop. This is actually so embarrassing. <laughs> I, I had um, an internal debate for about 45 seconds where I finished my workout. Um, and I was like, should I shower before this call? And I was like, yeah, you know what? No, like it's not going to be on video. Like they're not going to be able Hopefully to see you. Know. And here we are. No, it's not. You can see me. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw your Instagram story like 24 minutes ago and you were like, hello, boob sweat pretty much. And I was like, I wonder what's going to happen. Like, is she going to grace us in her sports bra? <laughs> no, I put on a shirt, thankfully. <laughs> but I still have greasy hair. So it's been a while. I'm so glad I could show up like this to you. Oh my gosh. It, it makes you feel better. Scott hasn't had a haircut at all. And yeah. it is like so long. Refuse to wash my hair. You know what? 2020, I'm just not going to wash my hair, right? I feel like that's no, And you shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> let it grow. Let it flow. It's that's my good. style. Yeah. Oh my God, your mantra for the year. Let it grow. Let it flow. <laughs> yeah, a new holistic way of living. Just don't shower. Well, that's how I want to live. Yeah. Melissa. Amanda. Thank you so much for being here. I haven't seen your face in years. Years. Like in like this kind of form. Totally. It's been uh, since what university? Yeah. Yeah. Across, but we still had a net in between us. So we were still so socially distanced. (laughs) We were doing it from the beginning. Right from Um, the start. So I, at first, I'm going to tell this quick story before we get going. Everyone, this is Melissa. She's our guest for today. But I can remember the first time you ever talked to me. I'm not even kidding. I remember we were playing beach volleyball. It was down at Ashbridge's Bay in Toronto. And Melissa and her partner, Victoria, they were so good. And if you know anything about Melissa, she is apparently still very good. <laughs> because I've she heard that. I've she heard qualified that. for the Olympics. <laughs> um, but I remember 
you guys came over and you were like, oh, I haven't seen you on the beach before. Like, you're, you're good. You should keep playing. Like, you should go to this camp or whatever. And I was just like, that's it. This is, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life now. Because go to the Olympics. This young woman just told me that I can achieve greatness on sand. Oh my God, you're so sweet. I was actually going for a walk this morning. I was like, when did we meet? Like, when was our first conversation? And I couldn't freaking remember. But I remember that. That was last year, right? That you guys had that conversation? (laughs) Yeah. I was playing by myself in the sand (laughs) and Melissa came up to me. You should leave the sandbox. (laughs) We need practice. Yeah, we need our space back. Um, no, but I remember you were always so beautiful and so bubbly. And I just like wanted to be you one because you were oh the God, best go on. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. And then I'm next, right? And then you yeah. talk about me. Bring okay. it around. Okay. And then Scotty, you're fine. We don't yeah. talk about you. We talked about my hair. I'm okay for the next challenge. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, officially, welcome to We Did It Podcast. We are so excited. You are our first Olympian. And we're still going to say that because this year... It's also going to happen and we want to dive into kind of what it's going to mean in the future. But then as well, you building your brand, you little vlogger, we're going to also talk about that. However, I know that you have listened to We Did It Before and that also gives me all the butterflies. So I know that you know that you get a question from the past guest. So our last guest, her name is Justine Dowd and she is just everyone's big sister. She's a PhD. She just knows so much about holistic living. And her question to you was, what brings you joy? I freaking love that question because I feel like that is what my MO is. And that's why I try and exude on the court all the time. And just, I just feel like a very joyful person. Um, the last few months aside, um, but what brings me joy and as cliche family and friends, yes, always love them forever. But, um, last night I was really missing live music and, um, I find concerts and live music to be so soulful. And I had goals for like the last couple of years to reach, um, or attend one concert a month for, uh, the year. And obviously I'm traveling on the road. It was, it was, I loved it so much. It it really challenged me, but I would attend concerts in Poland when I was traveling on the road at a tournament, or I would go when I was in California. So I would like attend all these concerts that I normally wouldn't. And it just fulfilled me so much. And I would go by myself a lot of the time. And I was like, I don't care. I love it. I just love being in those moments, experiencing someone else's talent and just like being in the moment of that. Oh, it just fills me up. And Do I have you have a musical bone in your body? Like, can you perform any music? Like, not even a little bit. Uh, I don't have Been a here, don't single ounce of artistic ability in my body. I'm truly full on a jock. Um, and I tried so hard. Like, I they put me in all the dance lessons. I was in the choir. I did dean. I did hip hop dance lessons. Like, I did everything. And at piano, I sucked. I sucked at it all. I was really bad. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll just do beach volleyball then. I find that that's, that, I mean, if you have both, you're truly blessed out there and you're listening, but same, like I do not have a musical bone in my body unless you're talking to Scott in the driver's seat and me in the passenger seat and the radio is on full blast. So you can barely hear either of us, but um, yeah, my brother was full on the musician and I was full on the athlete and there was like absolutely no crossover at all. Mm-hmm. Now you said that this past little bit has been pretty tough. So can you take us through just your mental health this past little bit and what happened to your biggest goal? 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, life for everyone has obviously took a turn uh, the last little bit and it just happened so quickly and so suddenly. And I, this is not what I expected my life to look like here and now what we're almost in June, <laughs> the Olympics would have been a month away. And um, we had planned for this for the last four years. So um, needless to say, it's been an emotional roller coaster the last few months. Um, I came from LA early March where that's where I train. That's where my team is. And that's where we prepare our preseason. It was a week before our very first tournament in Cancun, Mexico. We were about to jet off there and um, things were starting to close. So the team sat me down and they were like, you know what? You should probably go back to Canada. That's where you're safer. You know, you're a citizen there. You have insurance there, whatever happens. Like if things close, you want to be there. So I was like, okay. So I came back to Canada with the intention, honestly, of just for a couple of weeks, like I only packed carry on. I went up to uh, British Columbia to stay with my boyfriend, literally just for a couple of weeks. Um, and 10 weeks later, here we are. Here we as are. soon as I, yeah, as soon as I landed in Victoria, borders were closed, um, gyms closed. And the reason I went to Victoria and not to Toronto, which is my home, is because it would, things were still open here. Like I could still train and I could still go to a gym. And he's actually um, an athlete as well who had qualified for the Olympics. So we were like on the same journey and we were just like, we're going to keep training, like regardless of what happens. And then I landed and everything was closed. So I was stuck. I've, I've been stuck here for um, over two months now. Um, and like within a couple of weeks of being stuck in Victoria, the Olympics go from are they even happening to they're happening but they're being pushed back a year um and those first two weeks were really tough because i was still trying to train for the olympics out of my living room and that is so hard to do as a professional athlete and the ramp up right before as well looks different than the year before two years before so i can only imagine how that would have changed for you oh yeah it was and we're just so used to as you know like a regimented program that has you peaking at the right time. And just slowly things started to shut down. That tournament in Mexico got shut down, the Olympics were pushed back, and then the rest of our season, which usually goes until like September, November, shut down, everything was shut down. And so I'm currently unemployed and um, still, you know, working out of my living room, still working towards the Olympics, which will be next year. And that is really the light at the end of the tunnel. So it's keeping me going. But um, I have some good days and I have some bad days. And um, I feel like I'm pretty fortunate because I'm healthy. I'm in a beautiful country. My family's healthy. And my partner and I, we have already qualified for the Olympics. So I can't even imagine those athletes who haven't qualified for the Olympics mm -hmm. yet and are still unsure about what that process is going to look like. Um, so I try to remind myself that things are still good for me. I'm in a good position. Um, and I just try and put things into perspective. And at the end of the day, like this whole thing is bigger than me. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than sports. It's like a global pandemic and it's about health and safety of people. Can you paint the picture of where you were when you heard that the Olympics were officially canceled? Like, I, sh yeah. I sure can. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was with my boyfriend at his dad's um, house. We were having a little dinner and um, all of a sudden, my boyfriend shows me his phone and he's on Instagram and it's the CBC post that says that Canada will not be sending a team to the Olympics. And that announcement was released prior to the Olympics postponement. So right. here we are sitting like, oh my God, what if the Olympics go on and Canada's not going to send a team? And I start bawling and I am in front of my boyfriend. I'm in front of my boyfriend's dad and dinner was ruined. Um, <laughs> 
needless to say, and it was just so emotional. Yeah. Um, and there was absolutely no shame in that, Melissa, like Mm -hmm. no shame in that. Oh yeah. No, I know. But I just, I didn't even think about myself for a second. I was thinking about, um, a lot of other athletes that were messaging me because I'm on the, um, athletes commission for the Canadian Olympic committee. So I was kind of, um, involved in some of these conversations about like what's going to happen and and what kind of decision we're going to take as a collective team Canada. And so I was privy to some information, but when this hit, like it hit hard and then I just felt responsible for all of the other athletes whose dreams were also taken away and mm-hmm. everyone had questions. And so it took a couple of days for it to hit me before, because I was just trying to make sure that people were okay. Um, and then thankfully the next, within 24 hours, the international Olympic committee did push back and postpone the Olympics. So um, I guess that was a relief in itself because it wasn't being canceled and we could still go, but mm-hmm. it would just be a year from now. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it was fine for a little bit. (laughs) So then the fine where there's like fire all around that (laughs) is what you're saying. So then what's the, what's the competitive like mindset to be like, I would just imagine it would be so hard to be like, all right, I'm going to push back my goal to a year. Like Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to get the gratification of this to go on now, but listen up body. We got to push, like we got to go for another year. So how's that been? Um, again, obviously really challenging, but I try and put it into perspective. Like there were a lot of other athletes that were planning on retiring in four months that were planning on having families in four months, having babies in four months. And my boyfriend was one of those that was not having a baby, but, um, he was was going to have a baby. (laughs) Stay over there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He was uh, planning on retiring in four months. And so that hit him a lot harder than it hit. And rugby too. That's like, that's big on the body. Okay. That's the other thing. There are a lot of sports that are really, really impactful on your body and your mm-hmm. preseason, which we just had, we had a lengthy preseason, all of us athletes preparing for this is the most grueling preseason, especially to lead up to the Olympics. Right. So all of them are like, Oh my God, we have to do that again. Like we just put ourselves through so much pain through such a grind. We have to not only do that again, but we have to reorganize our life, which we had kind of planned. And so I was in the, in the position of, well, you know, I still plan on doing two more Olympic runs. Hopefully like I want to be in Paris in 2024 and I want to be in LA in 2028. So I wasn't planning on retiring. So it doesn't really affect me that hard. But then I look at some of my friends who were like, well, I was going to have a baby and Mm -hmm. I was going to start a family. And so again, I try and put into perspective, like I'm in a good place. You know, there are other people that have it worse. Um, but what you can kind of like spin it the other way and be like, well, now is a good time to work on some of those things that I didn't have time to work on before the Olympics. So I can work on some of my weaknesses. I have shoulder problems ongoing since I was like 12. I mean, don't we all? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, this is from the volleyball perspective. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, just trying to put a positive spin on things and some days it works and some days it doesn't. Of course. Yeah. I found that the silver lining can only go so far. Sometimes it's like, you know what? I just don't want to even think about the silver lining today. Um, so talking about expectation and things coming up like that gratification, I just want to know, I know your, your father is very wise. He's been in the volleyball world for a long time and just, kind of getting to family chats, what are some things your dad's been telling you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we kind of have had a rule 
where we don't talk about volleyball usually around the table. Um, but there's always an exception to that. So um, I think what he's really taught me and, and I, I think I need to share, we were going into the Olympics ranked number one. Like we had just come off of an incredible season, like the best season for any Canadian team, the best season for us. Um, we, we won the world championships and we were heading in with really great momentum. So for us, it was a huge blow. Mm. Um, but also we're still going to go into the Olympics as reigning champions and we can still carry that momentum if we choose to. And so that was kind of something that um, my team and I have talked about and my dad and I talked about was this doesn't take away anything that we have accomplished in the past. If anything, it prolongs. So um, we will now be the longest reigning world champions in history. Hey! There you go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and so there, it's just being present in what we can learn from this and like taking some time to decompress a little bit and just kind of regroup. I think by the fourth year of a quad heading into the Olympics, everyone's drained. Like everybody is, it's been a long three years of the Olympic qualification process is hefty. So this is a little bit of time to kind of like take it down a notch and let your body settle, let your mind settle. And then, then like out of this, the fire is going to be large. Like yeah. people are going to be rowdy and we're going to come out swinging. So it's just, it's just going to build. And no pun intended. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so <laughs> always saying that actually, cause he's a huge hockey fan saying when Nick finally comes back, like this will be the healthiest playoff that they'll ever have. Like we'll actually have full teams. And isn't that what sports should be about playing their strongest, strongest team? hundred percent. Yeah. Like I was before the announcement of the Olympic postponement, I was in my living room trying to work out for this. And I was like, this is so unfair. Like this is not how the Olympic lead up should be. We should not be out of our living room. Like all of us athletes deserve to have a proper lead up to the Olympics, deserve to be celebrated properly, like in the right way with, you know, fans, whether there will be next year or not, but like sports is to be celebrated. And mm -hmm. so I think this is going to allow for that celebration to be even larger than life. To be honest too, I think that it will be different when we come back in a good way because how many moments like you described being at a live concert, Scott and I have talked about how that's going to be a moment where there will be one day where you will be back at a live concert, maybe outside Budweiser stage, the music will fill the air and everyone will look around and it's just going to be so much more magical than before. Or if something huge happens, like Sarah goes up, crushes a ball, you're mm -hmm. going to be like full of so much gratitude. So I love that you are focusing on that because that is absolutely huge. Now, where you are right now, obviously not the expectation of where you are going to be. How are you handling that in a couple? So that's so different because the communication aspect, like maybe he deals with adversity different than you do. So what is your advice on dealing with extreme adversity as you're living it right now and how to open up that communication for what you need and how to share that as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is, it's been a huge learning curve and a great question. Um, lots to discuss. Um, to be noted, we were a long distance couple. I was going to um, ask you about that. Cause I mean, both of you have to train, right? Oh so, gosh, yeah. And he's in BC. He's in BC and I'm in LA and my home is Toronto. So mm -hmm. when I have time off, I'm like, Toronto, BC, now I'm torn between this triangle. Um, but yeah, and when we're on the road, we're on the road. And so we, we do go 
we the road is like sense. Switzerland for anyone listening. Oh, it's yeah. not like <laughs> 20 kilometers bus. down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's definitely sometimes he's in Dubai and I'm in Switzerland. So we're all over the place. And um, uh, it was really, we were actually really good at the long distance thing. Um, we're really busy. We're pursuing our dreams and we appreciate that someone else understands and is literally in the same boat. So that made this actually a little bit easier. I think it brought us a little bit closer to be able to be with someone who understands exactly what you're going through when these announcements come out and when you're forced to work out of your living room, someone to share these things with. Um, That being said, we went from a um, long distance, like weekend couple to a 24 seven quarantine couple. Um, And so there was a lot. That's going to teach you something about yourself, let alone in a relationship. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yes. There was a lot of learning. There was a lot of compassion that needed to be had a lot of patience. Um, and just, we had to be, we were different people. We functioned differently. And sometimes my motivation wanes and sometimes his did. And so, um, it was just, I think, allowing and being accepting, accepting of the other person and how they were going to handle this grief. Cause really that's what it is. You know, this is a little bit of grief or a lot of it. Um, and I listened to your podcast on relationships and how to handle that. And it actually was beautiful. Thank you for that. Oh, thank, thank you. you. No, it was so, so amazing and, um, took a lot of good lessons from that. But I think what I found was, and as an athlete, especially professional athlete, we can be very selfish. You know, it's our goals and it's our dreams that a lot of people help us achieve. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, I can't do that because I'm working for my dream. And you have um, to be, right? It, well, yeah, in yeah. part, you do have to be. And so, um, you know, even just watching the MJ, MJ documentary, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but like there was a lot about how at the end of the day, like it is about you and your, about your team. Your and business so, is literally your body. And how you perform. Like that's your business. If you're not there, you're not making money and you're not succeeding. Right. Totally. And so um, that's kind of where we were at and and we were both professional athletes. So in a way we were both very selfish. And so um, it was just allowing the other person to be whoever they wanted to be and not think the reflection felt towards you or um, it put you down at any, at any point, like you still had to, I think it was important that you still had to be who you are and like be true to yourself, um, and love yourself first. And like you did come first and you do come first in a relationship. And that's the most important. If you're relying on someone else to kind of like build you up or, um, make you feel loved first, then it's just not going to work. And there was a time where I was like uh, wanting to be coddled and just wanting to like to someone just to like hold me, but he's also going through the same grief. So we mm. have to do it together. And it was a blessing and a curse. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. The, Sorry, you keep going. Nope. I'm done. I could keep <laughs> going, but I'm done. Period. I'm done. Uh, I, I loved what you said about um, almost like projecting an expectation onto someone else sometimes just based on like, if you're on different timelines. Um, and I felt that too, with like a man and I with, are different like drives to be creative at different times. Mm-hmm. And you can get frustrated at the other person when it's like, well, why aren't you on this wavelength right now? Like, why aren't you on this energy? But then you recognize, oh, that's me putting that on that person. You know, yeah. they're not there yet. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they want to do something else. And I'm, I'm the one like making myself upset by thinking 
that somehow maybe they're in the wrong or something like that. It's so funny because even that, those were like both of those things you described were only physical. Maybe they're tired or whatever, but like, and then add the emotional, like, as you said, some days you wake up and you're like, yeah, you know what? We got this. We're going to do our body workouts. We're just going to stay lean. We're just going to stay agile, all these things. But some days you wake up probably because this is the world and you're just like, today's canceled. No, yesterday that was me. I was so sad yesterday. I was just like, I think I'm done. I think I'm done with the pandemic. Like, I think I've hit my like boiling point. I feel like I rebounded today, but yeah, like. And you look great. Thank you. It's a lot of work. The hair. A lot of work goes into this. Again, don't shampoo guys. It's that uncut hair. (laughs) But I told, I can only imagine being a professional athlete and facing that disappointment, how that would be doubled. And like you mentioned, um, you you were like, I'll just stop over in BC, hang out with my boyfriend, see if this will all blow over. Oh, wait, we're living together now, 24-7, riding this out? Like, yeah. damn. And we also had the added element of um, Connor has a roommate, and he is so lovely, but they, it was definitely a bachelor pad, and he was just so kind and, 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 and giving and generous to, like, let me stay there for what should have been two weeks and what happened to be two months. And so um, by the end, like, by the end, it, like, the boys need their space. So I actually went to an Airbnb for a weekend, um, and just, I took some space, let the boys have their space so back again. Yeah. And then, but it also kind of like sparked the relationship a little bit more. Cause like when Connor was like, okay, I'm coming over, let's have dinner. It was like, oh my God, he's going to come over. Like I should get out of sweatpants and like maybe do Tidy my up this Airbnb. shower. Yeah. Like, like, Question mark? yeah, yeah. So it just kind of like sparked it up a little bit. And I think space, it can be seen as a negative thing. Cause like initially when I brought it up, he was like, well, why are you leaving? And I was like, it's going to be good. Yeah. And it was good. I think space is like has a negative connotation, but it doesn't have to. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think everybody needs space. And with like, I could, I'm a homebody at heart. So I would feel guilty about like intruding on someone else's situation, you know? Yes. Yes. I did feel the burden for sure. And I was like trying to tiptoe and there's only oh. so much you can do. Yeah. Um, I shed a lot apparently. And so I have hair <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> So I would like go around and like on my hands and knees and try and pick up my pieces oh my of God. hair, but like oh that only lasts for so beautiful long. flowing to oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It flowing. is very dark and curly. Everyone who can't see me right now. <laughs> so I heard you say the word spark and I want to flow this into our creative section because this podcast is so much about creativity, as you know. And you yourself, even though you said you're not creative, you have been getting so creative and starting your vlog and all this stuff. And I always think that a vlog, the purpose of it is to bring someone somewhere that they may never go. Mm. Either that or to remember something. So I vlog all my trips because I know that like, hell if I'm going to remember any of this, but I want to. I just have such a poor memory. So one thing that uh, you started was your vlog. And then you stopped it and now you've been kind of dabbling back into it. So how has that spark come back up? Because you have so much discipline in sports, but creativity takes a lot of discipline too. Oh my gosh. Creativity is the hardest thing ever. Editing, so difficult. I have to do an incredible job doing everything that you do, covering all the platforms that you do, your videos, everything is so beautiful. It's so curated and just gorgeous. So like huge hats off to you guys, because I'm here spending months trying to edit like a five minute video and it's garbage. It's so amateur when it comes out, but 
Don't say that. Um, Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, I started vlogging a couple of years ago, just like you said, to kind of commemorate these memories while I was traveling. And um, also I find beach volleyball is a very accessible sport to the athletes like it's not like we're not in the NBA and we're like untouchable like mm-hmm. you can come up to us at tournaments and we and you follow us we message you we talk with like fans and, and it's just very accessible because it is a very grassroots sport and I think volleyball in general is like that which is why I love it so much um and so I wanted to let people in even more just to, like get to know the sport us the players me on a deeper level and just on a more personal level so I started vlogging and very amateurly and just for fun. And then people started to like it. And you know, when people start liking things, you start feeling better about it. And you're like, okay, maybe I'll see what I need to do with the rest of my life now. (laughs) Yeah. Volleyball, screw that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I started to do. It was fun for a while. And then it got really tedious. And like, I got um, a little uninspired. I was like, I don't know what else to show because my life is actually pretty predictable and kind of boring, even though I'm traveling the world, but it's still very like, monotonous in a way to me but to other people it's still great so I just stopped um last year I didn't really vlog at all I mean I tried to vlog and I would start I would just never finish anything and then editing was like a whole other beast in itself um and I look back on this season I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe I didn't vlog anything like I don't have content of any of this season and it was one of the best seasons ever so um heading into the Olympic season, I had plans again to maybe start vlogging again or just showcasing um, some behind the scenes. It took me some time. I have some videos and stuff, but then here we are and this pandemic happened. And um, most people would think like this is the perfect time to start vlogging and being creative again. I have so much time on my hands and I was so uninspired. Like I was just, I couldn't, I was so not creative. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I didn't want, I didn't, I was in the headspace and like, I don't know if you could relate, but. Oh Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) If I could nod my head, like any more of a range, I would pull my neck. Can you imagine we were like, nope. Can't relate. (laughs) I would be like, I'm always creative. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyways, I totally lost my train of thought, but, um, essentially now you I, have all these clips though. Oh yeah. And, but then I felt guilty for not using this time to edit or be creative. Cause I was like, well, I have all the time in the world right now. I should use it for something. Like I want to be able to do something, give people something, give back in a way, like make people laugh and smile. Um, and I, so this doing- is one of the words though, that Scott and I have tried to cut out. And we say it all the time. And if this was a drinking game, we would be stumbling around the home all day because the word should, should Mm. be stricken from the vocabulary because I find that came into this pandemic, social media was lighting up like, what a blessing. Now we've got this time. Now you got to be your most creative self. You got to release this. You got to release that. And then the next week, everyone was like, girl, no, you just have to chill and take this time. You can slow down. And now we're at the point where I think we're trying to get a hang of it. Like some days you chill, some days you get inspired, but it's not 100 of both every single day. Amen. Oh my God. Thank you for saying that because coming from like two actually creative people to someone who's like very amateur at this, um, that actually really comforts me. Um, and it's just like, it makes, it puts me at ease a little bit. Um, but I was just putting too much pressure on myself. So I started to do, and I vowed never to do one of those like challenges, you know, those plank challenge or those push-up challenges. <laughs> yeah, and, like, all totally. the, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm but not going to get TikTok. This for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so I ended up doing this one challenge on Instagram. Um, I was tagged in um, by a couple of friends and I did it and I had so much freaking fun. And I recorded the whole process of it. And just for fun, I made a video out of it and people loved it. And it brought me so much joy. Can you explain see. the challenge? Oh, I sure can. Yeah. <laughs> um, so essentially you have to keep the ball up with one hand. Um, as you try and take off your shirt, sounds promiscuous, <laughs> go watch my video. It's not, um, it is, it was really difficult. And, um, I broke a couple things in the process and oh it was, yeah, it was not a streamlined. Some people did it in one shot. It took me like 20. Oh my God. Um, they're fakers though. There's no way. There's no way. Right. I don't believe it either. But anyways, I just showed the process because, hey, let's be real. Like these challenges are hard. And I just wanted to like make people laugh. And I did. And it made me so happy to see some of these messages and see some of these comments of how I brightened some people's day or how like this was the best thing they saw all day. It made them laugh. And I was like, oh, that's what we need more of. We just need more people laughing and smiling and feeling good. And so I want to be able to kind of produce that. And if I can make one person laugh, then I would be satisfied for the day. I would feel accomplished because right now I'm not feeling accomplished at very many things. I can't play volleyball and I've lost every single game of Catan. So, um, so I mean, what else do you got? Seriously. All she has is sheep. That's the issue. Just a bunch of woods and sheep. Not even longest road. It's bullshit. I always go for the longest road. I I will lose, but I just want the longest road. So that's a win. you all. (laughs) <laughs> what I would say is um, interesting is this one I like playing amateur psychologist and I'm not. Uh, but it's funny how sometimes we feel like we need permission to create. Like we need an opportunity. I can't just do it this out of the blue. Like that would be, be nominated for a challenge to do it. But then when we get permission, like a little opening where it's like you can make space here um, and you have something fun to do and there's no stakes to it, then you find that again. You know, you find that like the spark of creativity where the only reason he did it was fun and you just wanted to make someone laugh. Um, the one thing I would say is how dare you say that your stuff is like amateurish or whatever. I don't like any of that bullshit. Like who cares? Um, no, I totally. and I love it. It's so, oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm actually so honored. I get caught up all the time. Amanda and I talk about this too. Sometimes we get caught up in trying to make it quote unquote, almost like exactly what we're talking about, like professional. Like, I can't put this out. It's not good. It's not polished, you know? And I think that impedes progress, obviously. I would rather see things that are amateurish and raw and like a one take with like one terrible cut down the middle. But at least you're putting something out there. That's so relatable to sports as well, Scott, because imagine if we just stopped playing volleyball when we were because not it good like of course we were horrible and it wasn't perfect you know <laughs> yeah. you stopped playing because you weren't perfect yeah, yeah or you just and I know that I mean my personality type I'm a very a type so as being a setter like it's such such a tough position to be in sometimes because if someone hits if someone misses a hit they're gonna be like oh can you just have it more outside or more this or off the net a bit and you're just like okay but girl better the ball before you. And that phrase, better the ball before you, has always really stuck with me because it's like, better the photo before you, better the video before you, better the edit before you, like just keep getting better. And I am so pumped because I want to do a video on watching my first videos, which are private on YouTube because they are the most cringe thing ever. Mel, one day you're going to look back and you're going to be like, that girl was just having fun. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And everything you're saying is so freaking relatable. I think, you know, the the phrase, um, perfection is like the thief of joy. I think, um, 
it's, it, it's so accurate. And so is comparison because mm -hmm. I will watch other people's videos and be like, my video needs to be just like that. Like I need to have all the edits and all the sounds and all the transition, all the whooshes and swooshes. And, um, I still don't know. Just how to wait till you get those whooshes and swooshes though. <laughs> I'm don't so worry excited. About the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <'Cause> but, <laughs> yeah. But I find when you just like lean into the process of making these videos and like when you release them, it's the same as sports. Like it's about the process. Like it's not about the end result. We won the world championships and yes, it was the most fulfilling experience and we, there was so much joy, but I wasn't any happier after that moment than I was the last three years leading up to that moment. Like it was, it's part of this beautiful process. And I think mm -hmm. if you look at, at, at it creatively as well, like yes, the end result is going to be beautiful, but like have fun while you're, while you're creating and like, sorry, yeah. go ahead. I like took a breath and you immediately stopped. So you can get going. The most respectful interviewee ever. Uh, I was just totally agreeing with you. And I was thinking too, along what you just said, we don't really remember people for their cut. Like if we're talking creative, creative videos, we don't really remember people for their cuts or like their, their swooshes or whooshes. Uh, we remember them for like their personality or how they made us feel, you know, it's less about, the artistic choices they make it's more about is this person relatable like yeah. do i vibe with them so what yeah. i find too is with videos one thing that you're already doing so well is you're just so authentically you which is usually the first step to actually putting anything out there that you're going to feel comfortable with is pressing play and being like oh yeah no that's me there and um you've been showing some of that humility in your videos if you could describe a brand that you want to build from here what would you say that brand is? That's a really great question. That's something I've actually been struggling with for a while. Like ever since I kind of started, like I've always just been the athlete and that's been my brand. And then over time, I've just kind of gotten more followers and just more responsibility. Um, sorry, I just more responsibility to be a role model and to like use my platform for good, right? And so um, I've always just thought about what I want that to be. And, and I want to be, of course, authentic to who I am and I want to um, stand for good, but I don't want to be a pushover and I don't just want to like go with the flow and or where the wind what, takes you exactly yeah yeah and i i like i will stand for things that i truly believe in whether it's body image whether it's women's rights and equality in sports especially and in, in, in life um those aren't often popular opinions and a lot of my followers are men <laughs> so um and it's because i play in a bikini and so i'm very mindful of that and but i don't care because i want to put out what I want to put out and what makes me feel strong and powerful. But throughout this whole process, I've noticed that I feel most fulfilled when I know I'm bringing joy to other people. And I think that's the kind of brand I want to be able to put out, not like super lighthearted and fluffy, but just real authentic. Um, and just bring a smile to your face. Like I want to be a bright light for people. Um, especially now. I think that's perfect. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially I now. Perfect. I think that is perfect because as you figure out like the pillars of what you want to cover outside of sport, just having that as your brand outlook is that should be the goal for everyone. What do you think your brand is? Ooh, great Ooh. question. Don't you dare turn this interview <laughs> back on me. Oh, how dare you? Um, <laughs> you know what? It's so funny. Cause as you were saying that I was resonating to it so much because I also agree. Like I remember my one mentor saying, 
oh no, but we're selling happiness. And I'm like, I don't want to sell happiness. I want to like be happiness. Like I want to share that and authentically be that. So I've had the opportunity as you have as well to work with some brands. And Scott and I talk about every brand that we work with and, and how does this relate and does this work? And it's saying yes to some and no to others. And so that stuff I'm really sensitive about because there's a little bit less control within that. But within my personal brand, I either want to inspire someone or teach them something. So that's like the two things that I always try to really think about when I'm releasing something. But at the same time, when we're talking about pressing post or publish, I remember saying this to Scott and being like, oh no, but it's got to have purpose. Like, it's like, it's got to have that purpose. It's got to either inspire or teach or whatever. But then one day he was like, but what if you just like it? And like, you just want to post it. And that's so true too. Like we don't always have to be something for everyone, but if we are that something for ourselves and we feel purpose in it or we just feel happiness from it, then like go right ahead kind of thing. So thank you so much for saying that because um, there was a time when people were like, why are you blogging? Why do you always have a camera in front of your face? Like, why are you doing this? Or do do you want to make money? Like, do you want a lot of followers? Like, why are you doing this? And I was like, you know what? I just like it. It's yeah. fun for me. I like recording things. I like looking back on them. I like editing. Like it is tough, but it is so rewarding once you oh, figure yeah. out how to move that freaking thing over there. <laughs> like it's just rewarding. And so it, no, it's not for the followers. It's not for the money. Like I will not get money from this, I'm sure, but it's, it, I just like it. It makes me happy. And as someone who is a huge people pleaser, sometimes I don't do things for myself, but this is for me. Yeah. That's a big learning thing as well. Just the like trying not, this is my advice for anyone who is um, smaller in the sense of starting their brand, not necessarily followership or anything, but starting to be um, building a brand for a blog. My advice is always, first of all, the people that are going to see your stuff first are the people that already follow you for a certain thing or your friends and family. So you're almost teaching them that this is a new thing that you do. So you are going to have those people asking, why are you doing this? But our pain bodies and our self being insecure about what we're doing at the moment, because we haven't found true wholeness in it yet, or we haven't found identity in it yet is immediately going to flare up and say, I'm embarrassed or this like, Oh, I have to validate the reason why that I'm doing this. Um, and you're right. It could just be, Oh, you're getting to know me better right now because this is something I like to do. So like, hello, you know, Melissa, the athlete, but have you met Melissa, the creator as well? Like she's going to start showing up more and I think you're going to really like her. And so I was like, put that on your wall. You're snapping your fingers. Yeah. Like (laughs) so hard because when we first start something, there is going to be those barriers of uncertainty from people around us. But until we establish ourselves in that field, like when you first started volleyball and said, I'm going to be an Olympian, everyone, there'll be half of the people being like, yes, you are. And half of the people being like, I don't know, that seems really hard. And then if you listen to all those people saying, I don't know, that seems really hard, then you wouldn't be sitting here today. It's so funny. Yeah. Because I can take all those uh, experiences from my sporting career into this like new creative life if I want to. And it, they, they're, they fit hand in hand. Like, yeah, that's why I, we had this podcast episode today. We haven't been recording at all. This was an intervention. <laughs> it was just oh my God. an enlightened moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so honored you guys. <laughs> Something I was going to say, adding on to that, and you even used a word that was perfect for it. 
is, and this might be semantics, uh, but it's like chasing the same thing. And it's less about showing happiness and more about showing wholeness. I think wholeness is like the perfect word. Um, and there's such a great quote about someone being asked like what they want for this year for them, whether it was New Year's or their birthday. And they just said, I want to be whole. Like, I don't want to be happy because chasing happy is impossible. You're going to go through ups and downs. For a sports analogy, it would be like chasing a perfect season, which could be so rare depending on what sport you play. But the wins and the losses in particular are going to teach you to be more whole, going to teach you to be more complete. So aim for being whole, show all sides of it, because that is so much more relatable. I think for some people, they get stuck in being like a happy brand. And then they're like, well, I can't show me feeling low. I can't show these moments of me feeling vulnerable. And that's the moment they feel inauthentic in their own brand. Which isn't good. 100%. That is a full mic drop by both of you. You could quote <laughs> that whole thing and we could just stop right now because there's like nothing else that needs to be said. But yeah, like for the longest time I was seen as like this bubbly, happy, my, my nickname is the smiling assassin because I'm always smiling. And so when I'm not smiling, people are like, what's wrong? Like, why aren't you smiling? And so if I wasn't posting like, a Get picture, away from me, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but really. Um, when I would like start being real about how I was feeling after some tournaments and some poor results and stuff, people would kind of taken it back. Like, oh, you're not like your normal cheerful self. And I was like, no, I'm not always smiling all the time. And I want you to see all sides. It's not glamorous. Like this life isn't always glamorous. It's not as beautiful as it's pictured. And Instagram is, has a good... Um, way of doing that of just obviously showing the highlights and so that was another thing I just wanted to be brave and like show you everything all sides the whole human emotion spectrum I think that's what you have to do because so much more people relate to that you know mm. um and then the other thing was just for like anyone thinking about creating or even you and wanting to move this further we always when we're talking to people who are first starting out they always ask like so what should I focus on though like I don't know what my brand should be and my advice is always you you don't have to figure it out and have it be concrete for the rest of your life right now. So like, you don't have to be like, these are the three pillars I have to do for the rest of my life. It has to be volleyball because I was a volleyball Olympian. It's like, no, it can be whatever you want and it can progress. All of a sudden you can decide to change. You're totally allowed to change whenever you want. Uh, having like some core things that you want to move forward with, just like you mentioned, like empowerment. Um, yeah, we heard about sport. you talking about equal pay. And even though it is equal in beach volleyball, you could tell you're passionate about that. And if it wasn't, you would be like not having that. That's yeah. right. And then just riding those pillars until you want to sub in another pillar and maybe chase something else. But yeah, you don't basically, you don't have to have it all figured out when you start. That's for And I think it's okay to evolve. Like it's okay for it to change. Like you oh. don't have to have like these three things be your main pillars. You can add one, you can take one away. Like it, you know, it's not black and white. That's what's so beautiful about life. Yes, 100%. Okay, great. We're all on the same page. I love same it. Page. <laughs> <laughs> what is one of the greatest things that you've learned from this time away from playing with Sarah on the court and like all your other teammates that you think will actually benefit you now moving forward that you're going to bring to the court after this quarantine is over? I think it's made me question a lot about why I'm doing what I'm doing and what my life would look like without sports and what I want to feel like without sports. Cause there's a time when you have an identity crisis, like, Oh my gosh, who am I without this? Who am I without this journey in this Olympics? Um, and so this time has really allowed me to reflect on that and just come back to who I am, who I want to be like my real raw emotions, um, which I often just try and hide. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's taught me a lot about who I am and I'm a strong, 
and I have a lot of talents. And so it's just kind of coming to terms with that confidence as well and realizing that I do have a lot to offer. Also, it's made me miss my team and my sport yeah. so much, like so much that I cannot wait to get back. Like there are times where I am like, oh my God, I want this practice to end or, oh my God, the season is so long. I just want to go home. And I will never <laughs> think that again because well, you might, like, no, but you'll, you'll come back to that a little <laughs> yeah. quicker, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, it brought me a lot of gratitude um, for the life before that I'm sure everyone has. And we're never going to go back to this life that we had before. It's going to be, it's going to be a new, new change, new life. And um, I'm willing to accept that with open arms um, because I'm just, I'm, I just miss what I'm good at doing. So I wanted to ask a question about, um, so I come from like an improv background, but I will relate this to sport. So in improv, we talk about the idea of group mind. So we would often do like an eight person scene with eight improvisers where you have nothing planned, but all of you are reading off each other and you're obviously making it up on the spot. And so we talk about this idea of like group mind, which is this telepathy between you and your scene partners. I would love to talk to you about, it's just you and your teammate on that court. So have you felt that like instinctual, obviously, you're, like you've felt this instinctual bond and what's that like to share that like such intimate connection where you know what the other person's and Mel's do. had different partners too so it's like learning to yeah, love another in a way yeah totally totally is also improv is terrifying that is so impressive um but 100 like a beach volleyball partnership is identical to if not harder to a marriage um my partner actually spends way more time with me than she does with her own husband mm. um and we have like way more ups and downs than (laughs) than their marriage so um it takes so much time and so much work and effort to cultivate the partnership that we have and like i'm so proud of what we have created and what we share because it's so hard um but yeah we've gotten to a point and we've had really tough conversations where we had to be super vulnerable. And mm-hmm. I think that that's like the key to a good partnership, a good relationship, a good working um, balance is just being open and vulnerable and like let the other person let you in essentially. And um, it took us a while to do that. We are both kind of different people and we had different communication styles. We had different personality styles. And so it took a lot of failures to have those really tough conversations, a lot of tears. And we did get to a point where now it's just, we're on the court together and it's just a look or it's just a handhold. It's just a little touch on the shoulder. And I know what she's thinking. She knows what I'm thinking. I can just look at her and she'll be like, we're going to be fine. She'll just sense that I need her. As a side note, I'm so glad you looked up because Sarah's just so much taller than you. So when you said, I just look at her, you literally looked up, which just is another, another affirming notion that you know exactly who your partner is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it hurts my neck sometimes, but we're fine. Um, One thing you were talking about earlier when you were saying that this is really made you reflect on what if I wasn't an athlete? What if I didn't have sport? Who am I outside of this? And I really, really think one of the biggest things a lot of people are learning, myself included, is who am I without my job? Or what do I want to create outside of my job? So can you tell us a couple of things that you've learned about yourself that you want for your life that doesn't include sport? Yes. Yes. I think what I've learned 
and and by the way when i do retire i do kind of want to leave sport behind like i know some people when they retire from sports they want to continue being in the world and becoming a coach and whatnot and um i think it doesn't interest me like i do want to explore other things and um i just want to continue learning and one one thing that i love about sports that you can keep improving on the skills and like even though we're a pretty good team i still don't feel like i'm an expert at what i'm doing and so what i've realized about myself is that i want to get better at things that i'm not good at so like even this creative side that i don't feel like i'm good at or i still have a ways to go like i love that and it can be really intimidating to kind of start new when you finish a chapter like i'm going to be mid 30s and i'll be like yeah, I want to go back to school. I want to learn something totally new. And um, it's really intimidating, really daunting. And that's usually something that I wouldn't want to do. But being here, I've kind of been forced to learn new things and, you know, learn Italian, learn um, how to use freaking Final Cut Pro and <laughs> just like different things. And it's so rewarding figure it out and so i don't know what it's gonna look like i would love to do something i'd love to open up my own little cafe i've been baking a ton and i'm really bad at it and so i just want to get better and i would love to open up my own little cafe in the future i have often referred back to oh we reinvent ourselves but i don't really believe that i feel like we're just learning to meet ourselves even more like we're just discovering who we are more than before that was so funny we did like pan to each other pan to you <laughs> like anything, pan back. anything else on that guys yeah. anything we got anything else in the do you about? agree with this soul affirming journey <laughs> <laughs> oh it is funny just all being in it together though i feel like rarely in the world does this happen unless it's a war god i would love the idea of a cafe right now a man and i were talking about oh. that just oh man I you guys that. i don't want to make you feel any worse but things are like opening up in bc over here i just took a, a stroll down the street and like stores are open like urban outfitters was open and like we yeah i bet i mean like only three people at a time but mm -hmm. still like it felt both a little scary but also very exciting like we're getting there slowly but surely we're getting there and we're all in it together yeah it's so funny i had so yesterday bad day for me where i was like pandemic get out. Uh, but then honestly, the day before I felt like we're getting through it. Like we're getting through it. Things are opening back up. We're on our way. Uh, we're getting through it. We just have to keep going. So yeah, it's just the ebbs and flows of this whole thing. Well, we are so thankful that you came and joined us on this episode. We are, we are, we are. Yeah. He was reminding me because I was like, I can't forget to do our channel opening moment. I really <laughs> want to hear what Melissa has to say. And because you've learned this before, basically this is a moment that you want to leave everyone something to think about after your episode. So I'm going to let you do that now. I did recently hear a quote um, and I cannot even tell you who said it, which is so bad. It's like plagiarism. Um, you said it. <laughs> you came up with the quote. It is your quote. <laughs> Me. Yeah, I did it. Um, but essentially it was, are you here in this life just to get through it? Or are you here to enjoy it, to be grateful and to celebrate it? And it was from a meditation I did on Insight Timer, actually. And it was about gratitude. And it hit me so hard. This was yesterday and I'm having a bad day. And it hit me so hard because I feel like right now, I'm just kind of going through the motions just to get through it. And I'm sure a lot of us are. And we're not here on this planet just to get through it. Even though we're in a pandemic like this, we're not just trying to wish the days away. There's so much beauty in each single day and they might not be easy, but there's something 
to celebrate in each day. And I think that is something I need to remind myself every single morning. And I hope that it inspires some of the listeners as well. God, that was so good. That was, that so was good. as if you didn't know what to say. That was perfect. I, pre- I prepared this like weeks ago. <laughs> that Mel, was so good. Where can people find you? Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm gonna pit myself out. Um, on Instagram, Melissa Humanafidis. Oh, you should probably like write this out because my last name is so difficult. I just want you uh, to say that so many times. It sounds so amazing. It. But 100 yeah. we'll percent this will it. be written. <laughs> Great. Thank you. And also on YouTube, you guys, I have a YouTube channel. Also, Melissa Jimena Paredes. And I have Twitter, but I don't use it, so don't go there. Perfect. I always love the idea of telling someone, like, where can I find you? And then you just give your street address. It's like, no, 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 don't, don't put that in. Don't put that in. Please don't. I'm trying to be approachable, but not stop. Yeah, not that approachable. I actually made that mistake once, and um, I had a couple, like, fans send me some mail and like presents and stuff very sweet but also kind of creepy my mom was like don't give out your address ever again first of all this isn't even your address this is my address could you live under my roof right now so uh lesson learned we all make mistakes but let's learn from yours (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for joining us we love you thank you so much for having me scott it was so great to meet you through the computer screen well it's so great to meet you thanks for sharing this with us it's so great and it's so beautiful to see you again thanks so much for having me it was so nice. Now the episode is officially over. And oh my gosh, that was so good. You did such a good that job. Was so good. Oh my God, you guys are like so incredible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how amazing was Melissa? She did such a phenomenal job. She was so vulnerable. She shared so many behind the scenes stories with us. And I couldn't be more grateful. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast episode. The one thing I forgot to do because I was just so enraptured with her energy and how I felt after that conversation was I never said we did it. So officially, Melissa, we did it. And I know you're probably cheering on the other end of the phone because you were just um, out there under the phone, other end of the speaker, maybe, (laughs) because you were just such a beautiful light. Now, I want to brag about her a little bit. She is the, again, champion of the 2019 FIVB Beach Volleyball World Championships in Hamburg representing Canada with Sarah Pavin, which was a qualifier for the Olympics. She was also named FIVB Team of the Year in 2019 with Sarah Pavin. Alone, she was named FIVB Best Defensive Player in 2019, Best Setter in 2018 and 2019, AVP Best Defensive Player in 2019, Newcomer of the Year in 2019 from AVP, and Most Improved Player in 2017, not to forget to mention um, 2014 Top Rookie. So she has been around this world for so long. When it comes to a fact check, this one's kind of hard because a lot of this was stories and our own experiences and emotions and what we're going through right now. But I do remember her saying the MJ documentary, Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix currently. One, watch it. It's incredible. If you love the world of sports, you're going to love this documentary. The footage they got was so incredible and it really shows a testament to the world and being in professional sport. Um, but it's called the well, the last dance, so I wanted to circle back. And at the time of recording, Scotty and I hadn't watched it yet, but now we have. And again, so so good if you love the world of sport. Now we can't wait to watch Melissa play in the Olympics because it will be happening next year. Is when this has been rescheduled. 
But wherever you are listening, I hope that when you do get a chance to watch that Olympics, you feel a little bit more connected to this Canadian team and Melissa, and even just learning a little bit about Sarah as well and their communication tactics. Hope you're having a wonderful day so far. While you wait for our next episode, be sure to check out We Did It Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being here because without you, there's no way.